you're listening to Adulthood Academy. I'm your host, Angela Hatchie. This community is a resource for all those adulthood things many of us were never formally taught. That's all the stuff from learning to handle your finances to navigating different relationships. It's all in here. I've spent years working to figure out adulthood, feeling like I was shooed out into the world wholly underprepared. Since then, I've gotten myself out of debt and prepared myself financially for my future, learned to cook and bake pretty good stuff, and learned to start saying important things out loud in all kinds of relationships. There is far more ahead to learn than there is behind, and that's what I'm here for, to foster this community of perpetual go-getters who are working to fulfill their potential in every facet of life. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get in there. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Adulthood Academy. I hope you guys are having an amazing week. Um, nothing special for me this week, just staying focused on my business. I've got some new exciting ways that um, we can work together. I've got some new programs coming up. The Wealth Academy is coming back. Um, I'm doing budget intensives with people and it's just, I had a moment this week where I was sitting at my new table in my living room and my animals were around me. I had good music on. I was drinking good coffee. Um, I could take a break whenever I wanted to. I didn't, I haven't been setting an alarm. I just, I'm a morning person anyway, but regardless, like I just wake up naturally whenever I want and get to work. I'm able to take a walk in the morning. And I just had a moment where I was sitting here at my computer, my living room. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is what I've been working for, for, you know, most of my adult life is like, I've always known that I wanted to be the boss and I wanted to be in charge of my day and be able to control every aspect of it. And, um, I just had that moment while I was sitting at my table and I was like, I think it's actually happening. I don't want to get, you know, too excited about it. Cause I'm, you know, in the very beginning stages of getting my business to be full time and, you know, making consistent income and everything. But it was just a great moment that I was like, not only <laughs> do I get to do whatever I want, uh, but I also get to have, you know, a pretty positive impact in people's lives and help them with a big problem that a lot of people face, which is their money and their finances. So it was just a very cool moment. So that's where I'm at, just focusing on business stuff. And it's finally starting to feel like fall around here, which is amazing. I feel like summer has gone on so long up here in California, just I mean, it feels like that every summer because it's like fire season and everyone's on alert and it's hot as shit out here and you're just kind of stressed out and it's smoky and it just feels like it lasts so long. So I'm very excited for that to be wrapping up and fall's coming in. It's much cooler. Um, I love when it's cold at nighttime. So it's finally getting to that stage. So I'm very excited about that. Life is good um, and got a lot of things to look forward to in my business and personal life and everything. But Anyway, that's the update on me, and I hope that everything is going great in your world. And today, I wanted to talk to you about some things that we're going to have to give up if we want to achieve financial success. So let's get into it. First and foremost, this is a list of seven things you're going to have to give up if you want to be financially successful. The very first thing is perfectionism, which I think we can all agree gets in the way of doing a lot of things in life. But in terms of like, let's focus this on finances. Um, it takes a long time to become proficient at almost anything. Right. And that is especially true of like budgeting or learning to be better with your money or trying to make investments and not really understanding how investments work. 
Um, it takes a long time to kind of figure out a system that works for you and to build up the habits that are going to keep you uh, doing those things that are going to make you financially successful in the long term. So if we let perfectionism stop us, I know a lot of people, so I always ask people that I work with, I'm like, have you ever tried budgeting before? If so, like what was the reason you stopped budgeting, right? Because that's the thing is, um, re I guess research says like 80% of people say that they have a budget in place, but like most of those people don't actually follow their budget every week and every month. So it's different to have like, oh, this is an idea of what I should be spending, but you know, I kind of go off the rails from time to time and I'm not super strict about it, but it's just like, you know, I know what's coming in and what's going out. But letting the perfectionism stop you from like, let me put together a budget and if I go over budget, then my whole budget is shot for the month. That's what gets you into trouble is like not allowing for wiggle room in your life and letting the perfectionism of, of like, okay, I have $3,000 this month to spend and I accidentally overspent on groceries and I did some impulse buying. It's all about the learning curve and figuring out again, what system works for you and making sure that you can begin to hone your budgeting skills into something that's ultimately going to work long-term, right? <laughs> and the last note that I want to say about perfectionism is there's the saying of like progress over, over perfection, right? Because if we're making progress with our financial goals, if every month we're sitting down and looking at how much money we have to go towards our savings goals, that's progress, right? Because if we hadn't been doing that before, that's a step in the right direction. So if we can identify all those little tiny small steps that we're taking that we were not doing before, and maybe we contributed a hundred more dollars to our retirement, or maybe we were able to open a vacation fund, or we were able to stick to our grocery budget or whatever it is, those little things matter a hell of a lot. And so thinking about them as progress rather than I have to do this budget 100% correctly. Otherwise, I'll just can it and maybe I'll try again next month, but probably not, right? Okay, so that one is definitely something that we have to give up if we're thinking about how we want to be successful financially. The second one is a crowd favorite, of course. It's excuses. There are, I can't even tell you, like, if I were to make a list of all the excuses that I've heard people say to me about why they are bad with their money or where their money goes or why they're not saving for something or why they haven't started saving for retirement or why they're in so much debt, it would be, I, I don't even know. It would be pages and pages and pages long. But of course we have so many common ones. Like I've heard people uh, say it's too late to start saving for my retirement. Or it's too, I'm too young to start caring about my finances. Another popular one, popular one is I can't make enough money or I don't make enough money or I'm in too much debt and I'll never be out of it, right? There's probably one of those is something that you identify with because those are some of the most common ones that I hear. I think that we are all dealt whatever hand we have in life. Obviously for some people, it's a lot harder and there's a lot more obstacles. But the moment that we start making excuses for why we can't do something, um, we find that we are consciously playing into those excuses. There's a, quick, a great quote that says, argue for your limitations and you'll find them. I think that it's the same thing with your excuses. If you argue for your excuses, if you have a laundry list of reasons why you cannot budget or you can't save money or you can't make enough money, then you're arguing for your limitations. So if we can start to 
put like I could give you a million reasons why I shouldn't be able to save money and not be in debt and not have to use a credit card. I could give you a whole lot of them, but I'm not going to play into that and give those excuses power. I'm going to instead focus on the positive things that I can do, right? It's you have no control over how old you are, right? If you think that you t you're too old to start saving for retirement, why would you dwell on that fact? You have no control over it. You're not gonna like rewind the clock and say, okay, I went back in time 20 years, now I can start saving for retirement. You have to work with what you have. And for me, I will give you a little personal anecdote. For me, it meant working like literally four jobs at once to pay off my debt and save money. And I've told everybody in all of my programs, like, when I was starting out budgeting, I was literally trying to find like, where can I save $1? Like a single dollar. I was on Amazon and other like online sites looking for like, okay, how can I save like a dollar on toothpaste every month? How can I get myself a little bit of wiggle room, like $5 this month? Maybe it'll be 10 bucks next month and build it up from there. So it's not an easy thing to do. And most things in life that are good and beneficial and benefit you in the long term will not be. But if I had sat in my apartment with my two roommates and thought about how sorry I should feel for myself and how I don't have any money and how I can never make enough money, no, I didn't do that. And you shouldn't either. And I will never argue for your limitations any more than you should. It's about working with what you have. If you have to get two jobs, if you have to get three jobs, hell, if you have to get four jobs and work at night and find an online side gig, like do it. That's sometimes what it takes. But if you're going to have excuses about it, I don't think that it's going to be a pathway to financial success for you. And that seems fairly obvious, right? Okay, so let's move on to the third thing that we're going to have to give up to achieve financial success, and that is short-term thinking. So this, I will give you another personal example. When I was broke, like literally didn't have money to get to work, I would be putting in like a dollar of gas to get to work. Um, my mentality was so short-term thinking that if I had like an extra 20 bucks, I was like, my thought process was, well, $20 isn't going to make me unbroke, right? I'm not going to be like suddenly out of the hole financially. I'm just going to be basically right where I am. So by thinking in that short term of like, well, I'll just spend this 20 bucks because it's extra and I'm not going to be unbroke if I save this $20. That's short term thinking because as I grew up and became more responsible for my finances, I was like 20 bucks. Like I could do a lot of $20 that could have filled up my gas tank. That could have gone in a retirement account. Um, and just, I wasn't thinking in terms of like, what am I going to do five years from now? Even what am I, I, I wasn't even thinking like, what am I going to do a year from now? It was all about short-term thinking of like this 20 bucks is going to make me happy right now because I'm fucking broke and I'd never have money to do something fun. So let me just spend this $20 and make myself like temporarily happy for a while. Let me go out and get drinks with my friends. Let me spend it on a shirt. I don't need whatever the fuck. Right. But now that I have long-term savings goals and I'm thinking more in the long term, which I would encourage you to do too, which is why I have everybody that I work with, we do future planning of like what expenses are coming up for you in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, and down the line, so that if you have an extra 20 bucks or you have an extra $500, that you actually have goals that you're putting those things to that is going to, instead of me spending $20 on drinks with my friends to make myself feel better for 
you know, an hour. It's let me put this $500 towards my future home or towards vacation or towards retirement that you have something that your money is actually going to like some tangible goal instead of your money just kind of like sitting and, you know, hanging out, right? So I think that you'll find also if you give up your short-term thinking, it's going to help a lot with impulsive spending as well, because that's what that 20 bucks was to me. If I had extra, it was just like, oh, let me impulsively spend this and kind of like piss it away. And I probably won't miss it because I'm still broke anyway. The $20 isn't going to make a difference. But if I have certain things that I'm saving for, it helps me personally not impulsively spend because I'd rather put that money towards something else than something I don't really care about. So in this way, you always have something to focus your attention and your money on, right? And it also gives you a way to actively save for the things that you care about, right? So that's like planning vacation, treating yourself, going out to a massage. Um, Short-term thinking would be like, I have this money today, I have to pay bills, and then it's gone. If we start to expand our thinking to like, okay, what could this money do for me in the future? Let me actually like calculate how much I need for retirement and figure out how much every month I need to start putting away. Then we're thinking in terms of like, what about the rest of my life instead of just right this moment? So that's going to be a huge, huge thing to give up as you move forward in your financial journey. The fourth thing that we need to give up is overspending, of course. We love to do it as Americans. That goes into your impulsive spending also, but that also plays into having those long-term goals because it helps you kind of stay focused on the things that you're spending for. Of course, of course, of course, you know, I'm going to say it, having a budget that works for you is crucial because then you're kind of reining in any overspending, right? I overspend still on a regular basis, usually on groceries because I love to bake and I like fancy cheeses and all that stuff. And I like to make like a fancy meal every once in a while. Like I'm consistently overspending on my grocery budget. But when I do, I have a plan for when that happens and I can kind of like rearrange my budget so that I'm not hurting in terms of like the amount that I can save for certain things. I hope that makes sense. But just the overspending portion, like having a budget keeps me in line of like, okay, I accidentally spent, overspent $100 on groceries this month what else can I trim down on my budget to kind of like balance out that difference so that I'm not taking that money out of my retirement money, out of saving for a home, out of saving for a new car. And it's not like detrimental to my future health, my future financial health, because it's not taking away from my savings money. I'm just going to take it out of like my everyday expenses money. Maybe that means we can't rent a movie and like have a movie night. It usually means like something coming out of like discretionary spending is going to be like trimmed back. Maybe that's like entertainment wise, or if I wanted to buy like a new pair of fancy pants or something, I'm going to put that off till next month, but it just makes it so that I'm not taking away from future me. Obviously having a savings plan is going to help reel in some overspending also. We kind of just get like out of control with our spending when there's no amount to anything, right? If I'm just like, oh, groceries is just unlimited budget. Like I would be in trouble that way. I would just spend all of my money on groceries and on cheese and on cured meats. That would be bad for me. If I don't have a savings plan in place, okay, every month I have to put $500 towards retirement to reach my goal in 40 years. That keeps me on track and helps me from overspending. And also the next crucial thing is going to be checking in with your budget weekly. If you've been listening for a while or kind of like in my social media world, you know I do money check-ins every week. I've been doing them every Friday for four to five years now. That has helped me tremendously with overspending because if I get to Friday and I see the first Friday of the month, right? It's been a week, let's say in November. 
it's the first week of November and I check it on my budget. I'm like, Oh shit, I've spent 50% of my grocery budget. Uh, it's time for me to figure something out and kind of like I just talked about kind of rearrange my budget so that I'm not overspending in every category and I'm balancing things out. But if I didn't check in right that first week, then I would just continue to overspend every single week on top of that. And by the end of the month, I'd be kind of like shit out of luck, right? Because the money that I would be putting towards savings would be gone because it'd be in groceries. Um, the money that I had planned to save for vacation would be gone because I spent it on groceries. But holding myself accountable by showing up every Friday of like, okay, maybe I overspent by 50 bucks, but I can fix this problem. I'll just trim down on grocery spending next week. But checking in is going to help so much with overspending also because if we go a month, if we set our budget at the very beginning of the month and we check in on the last day of the month, there's a lot of shit that can happen in the meantime. There's some accidental spending, impulsive spending, overspending, that if we're not consistently checking in, I'm not talking about like, let's spend an hour every week checking in our money. I mean, like literally 10 minutes. It's going to help you stay on track and not overspend also. So that's something that's gonna have to go also if you wanna be financially successful. The fifth thing is debt, of course. So I am completely debt-free. No consumer debt, no credit card debt, no student loans, none of that. So it has made probably the biggest difference in my life because A, it's not like looming over me all the time. I'm not, I'm not like, okay, how am I going to make this minimum payment every month of $35 when my funds are already so tight? It's also allowed me to not rely on credit. So I haven't touched a credit card in five years and I plan on keeping it that way for the rest of my life. So saving in advance for big stuff has been a huge contributor in that. So for example, if I'm saving for vacation, which I am right now, then I'm not going to wait until it's like a month before I'm supposed to leave and say, okay, let me figure out how much this vacation is going to cost me. And then I'll just kind of try to scramble and see how much I can save before we leave. And you know, if I don't save all of it, then that's okay. I'll just put the rest on credit, right? I'm not doing that anymore. And you shouldn't either. Because if I'm if you are relying on credit for like everyday stuff like groceries, gas, um, you're putting yourself in a disadvantaged position because every month when you try to budget, we're now going to be budgeting in for what's happening this month. And you're also going to be budgeting in something that's happened in the previous months, right? Debt is paying towards the past. Things that you've already done, groceries you've already eaten, gas you've already used in your car, um, a degree that you've already gotten that you're paying for for 10 years, right? Debt is going to be, the best thing that I can tell people is like, sit down, calculate all of your debts, right? Like what are the balances of everything? What's your interest rate? What's your minimum payment? And looking at that amount that they're spending for their car payments, for their uh, credit cards, for their student loans, and figure out what that amount is. For a lot of people, it's usually a couple hundred bucks, right? Especially if you have a car payment. So if you're looking at that amount every month, let's say it's $500 a month that's going to debt. Think about and calculate how much you need to save for retirement, right? For most people, like for me, I need to be saving about $500 a month every month for, for, to hit my retirement goal. If I'm paying $500 a month to my debt, to something that's happened in the past, I'm probably not going to be able to put $500 towards future me. So in that way, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot because we're like, okay, well, I'm just going to sign up for this student loan or for this um, extended payment plan. And I'm just going to keep paying for it for like the next few years instead of putting money towards future me. And that's where we get into trouble also. And the last thing that I can say about debt um, is 
not prioritizing paying it off as soon as possible is where people get into trouble because debt has been so normalized, right? Everybody has consumer debt. Everybody has a student loan. Everybody has a bunch of credit card debt. Everybody has a car payment that is way too expensive for them, right? Because we've normalized debt so much, most people are not prioritizing spending it off because it's just, right? It's just a way of life. Everybody has it. Everybody has a car payment. Everybody has a credit card. It's just become so normal. But if we can start to think about, right, long-term planning of like, I don't want to pay the credit card companies 15% interest on something that I bought five years ago. I want to pay me. And that was the biggest transformer for me was I don't want to pay the credit card companies or the banks or to the past. I want to pay future Angela because she's going to need a lot of money in retirement because I want to go traveling and I have all these great plans on buying an investment property. If I'm paying towards things in the past and you're paying towards things in the past and you're not prioritizing paying those things off as soon as possible, you're going to find yourself in a world of financial trouble because you don't have unlimited funds to go towards the past, towards the present, and towards the future. So that needs to be taken care of immediately and putting to put together a plan to pay off your debt um, as soon as possible. The last point about debt is not really thinking through your finances or your financial trajectory before signing on to large debts. So I know a few people who have just signed on to very, very large car loan, who have signed on to very large car payments, right? If you look at their finances, like their money coming in and their money going out compared to what this car loan is, it's shocking. And so many people do it, right? Because nobody wants to sit down and actually look at their finances of like, okay, is this realistic for me to be paying $500 a month toward a car if I'm currently not able to put any money toward savings, right? And people do it. They do it all the time, regularly. The car companies know this, the loan lenders know it. And that's why so many people are, into, are in debt, right? Because nobody wants to look at their money of like, okay, can we actually afford this car payment? Or should we get something less expensive for now and save for a car? Um, it's just not thinking and actually being practical about your money before you just sign on to something. Just because you can afford something doesn't mean that you should have it, right? Just because I wouldn't take out a $40,000 car loan, I wouldn't recommend it to almost anybody. <laughs> so for people to be taking out loans, student loans that they have no plan for in the future, of like, yes, I'm going to get a good paying job. My plan is to pay it off in the next three years. Or yes, I plan to pay off this car before the interest kicks in and I'm actually capable of doing that. Or let's just sign on and hope for the best. Which shockingly is what I see so, so often. So think about things before you go into a large amount of debt can you actually pay it off? Is it feasible for your budget to squeeze in $500 payments for a car or is it not? Okay, let's move on to the last two. The sixth one that we need to give up is non-supportive people. That goes for everything in life. If you are working towards something in your life like financial independence or retiring early or being out of debt, like if you're surrounded by people who are not supportive of that thing, you're going to face more challenges, right? There's going to be more barriers to your success if every person you talk to is not supportive or you feel like you can't tell anybody because they're not supportive, right? It's going to be kind of like a handicap on you as you move forward in your financial journey, especially let's say if you have like a partner who is not supportive. Let's, this ties in also with the seventh thing that we need to give up. So as is true with 
so many things in life. Like if you are trying to improve your situation financially, health-wise, relationship-wise, there will always be people in your life who want you to continue to play small, right? It makes other people feel good if they can keep you at the same level that they are. If you are moving beyond that, if you have a goal to be out of debt completely, if you have a goal to save $10,000 for a house, if you have a goal to retire early and you start telling people about these goals and you find that people are not supportive, it's going to be crucial for you to not rely on those people during your financial journey, right? Because you're going to receive negative feedback from them of like, why are you doing this? Why are you working three jobs? You don't need to do this. Everybody has that. It's totally normal. Um, student debt is normal and they're just like not supportive of you wanting to get out of the situation that you're in. It will be crucial for you to find people who are supportive, to go into online communities, find a Facebook group, find, you know, follow me on Instagram, follow people who are like-minded in this journey so that you can talk to them about it. Sometimes in your life, there will be people you can talk to about certain topics and there are people you cannot talk to about certain topics. Knowing who those people are and differentiating them it's going to be crucial, but in general, like non-supportive people of you being good with your money is going to be a hundred percent something that you're going to need to give up in order to move forward because you can't have like those people influencing how you think about things or <laughs> telling you bad advice or wanting you to continue to play small. Um, you need people, you need a bigger pond basically is what I'm saying. You can't continue to be a small fish in a small pond. Maybe it's time for you to be a small fish in a big pond and kind of like find a new um, set of people who are going to support it. The very last thing that we have to give up if we want to be financially successful is toxic money conversations. Creating this positive environment, which right ties in with what I just said, if you have non-supportive people. But if you don't have a positive environment around your money conversation, it's going to be detrimental again to your finances, right? If every time you go to talk to your significant other about money, you guys end up having a fight or somebody ends up crying or um, you guys get pissed at each other for several days or somebody's blaming somebody else, that is going to be knock you back so far if you can't have positive uh, conversations around your money and start bringing it into your relationships in a healthy way instead of like, okay, every time we talk about money, it always ends in a fight and it always ends up with, I'm pissed at you and you made me cry and now we're mad at each other for a week and both people are dreading the next time that money comes up, right? Because we're not creating that positive environment around the money conversation. It's instead of like, okay, every time we talk about money, this happens. So let's just avoid it altogether. And that's usually what happens. I know you probably heard the saying, like your combination of the five people closest to you, right? It's the same thing with money. If your friends love to go out all the time, everything you do together revolves around spending money or impulsive spending, then you're kind of destined to do the same thing, right? Because those are the people that you hang out with. So it's a, it's the same thing. So it's crucial again, to start implementing positive money conversations um, into those conversations with your significant other, with your family members, with your parents, with your roommates, whoever it is that you are wanting to talk to about money. It really is like a very long process, right? It's been five years since I started wanting to be better with my money and really thinking about budgeting in the future. So if you're going to be in this for years, you need to have a very positive um, kind of money environment. Um, and the last thing is like money and finances in general is one of the most cited reasons for people splitting up, right? Getting divorced, breaking up because people have such toxic 
uh, money relationships and conversations that nobody talks about money. People are blaming each other for spending too much or not saving or not contributing to like a joint savings account or whatever it is. So the more that you can start implementing those things into your relationships, you will be far better off. So those last two kind of go hand in hand, right? We have to give up non-supportive people in our life because we want to create this positive environment around money. And we also need to give up toxic money conversations where every time we bring it up, somebody's mad, somebody's crying, somebody's upset, and nobody wants to talk about it ever again. So those are going to be super, super important to give up as you move forward with your finances and work to improve them. But the, all those seven things, they got to go if you want to move forward and you want to get out of debt and you want to save money, you want to start thinking long-term, these seven things have got to go. So that's it for today. Um, I hope you guys can start to think about your money in these terms and like how this applies to your life specifically, because I know I just did an Instagram post about this a couple days ago about your personal finance is exactly that personal. So my budget won't work the same as yours or look the same as yours. And it shouldn't, that's what you want. You need to find some sort of system in your life that works best for you and apply these principles basically, right? Like giving up perfectionism, giving up excuses, giving up short-term thinking, all those things need to kind of like culminate in your life to, um, and be applicable to whatever your situation is. So that's all for today. Uh, what did I want to remind you about? Oh, I have a um, budget intensive spot opening up in, let me see, on the 16th. So on October 16th, I'm opening up one spot for budget intensive. Uh, it's an amazing way to work together because I will go over point by point your budget. I will help you put everything together. And then you have like a full month basically together where we'll have a call at the very beginning to get your budget set up and answer any questions for you and just kind of get everything organized. And then you have a whole month of Voxer access to me. Voxer is basically like you have my phone number and you can message me anytime. And so you have anytime like a question comes up throughout the month, you're like, what do I do in this situation? How do I budget for this? Where do I put my money for this situation? You can basically just text me and I will get back to you. So it's a great resource and a great way to work together that I love because it's so hands-on and it really gives me like the best insight into your situation. And so it makes our sessions and our time together very specific to what's happening in your life and what you want to save for and what kind of debt you're trying to get out of. So if you would like that spot, again, there's only one spot available. So if you would like it, um, I'm officially opening it up on the 16th of this next Friday, but um, if you would like dibs on it first, feel free to DM me on Instagram um, and let me know that you would like that spot. Um, and I would be so happy to work with you and get your budget sorted out, especially before the holidays and all the craziness. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode and I will see you next week. 